277 of the Doctor Day, a Doctor Who podcast. My name is David, and I'm here to my wife. Today we're talking about episode two of The Power of Kroll. King Kroll. We have a a very long reprise of uh, our scenes leading up to our cliffhanger from last time. Um, And then once we reach that point, we see the the doctor has uh, come up around to where the walled section is, where Romana is, and he hears her screaming, and he finds a way around, and we see a little bit more of the creature attacking her. Looks kind of like a cross between a sea urchin and a crab. He comes up across the side of him and lifts the headpiece off of the the native swampy. And uh, then punches him in the stomach and knocks him over, and he's incapacitated. So he unmasks the, the local and and then starts to uh, untie Romana's bi- um, bindings so that um, he can free her. As they are, as he's doing this, he sees sucker marks, pretty ancient ones by the look of them, looks of them, around the area where she's been confined and they talk about Kroll and she thinks that it's it was some type of a political struggle of some kind and the swampy comes to after uh, or, or he's fallen to the side and he says something and then he t- finds his knife and throws it and just as the doctor and Romana duck out of the way and so the local native runs off and the Ramana has been freed from from I don't even know what she's tied to it's hard to tell wherever she was stationed to be sacrificed I couldn't tell what it was either it's difficult to see back at the refinery Dugin finds irregularities in the shape of the lake bed essentially and he radios in to Thon and tells him about it. And he says, well, could it be a malfunction or could it be this or that? It's like, no, I've checked this and that. And the lake bed, it's like the, something is like lifted up and set the sediment down in a different area. And it's over two square miles. So he says, well, let me know if it changes again. And so he watches the monitors. Barlick and Rankin come and uh, tell Rom Dot of a message they received from Munch. 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 That um, the Dryfoots are going to attack them and that this time they're going to be ready for them and they're going to fight back. And um, Rom Dot is surprised uh, about this and he almost says something like, "But this—that's not what they told me, you know." And but cuts himself off, and uh, he t- tries to dissuade them from attacking. Um, and it says that, "Oh, they're not ready. They need to, tr- you know, train with the weapons. They need to, you know, they're not ready to fight with them." And he says, "Oh, well, you know, well, are you afraid or something?" He says. Well, I came to deliver the weapons. I didn't come to fight. 
And Garrick says, well, you will stay and fight with us. Uh, Umana is uh, very quiet very, and seemingly upset and reluctant to talk to the doctor. And he asks, what's the matter? And she goes, I have to tell you something. I dropped the tracer. He goes, really? And he pulls out his pocket and says, I picked it up again. Which is much better. She goes, well, let's take it and get out of here. So, um, the doctor says, uh, they can't right now because they've, they can't cross the, the swamp in the dark. And she says, well, how did you get here? He says, well, the others are so too busy planning this, planning a massacre to notice, and I just slipped out. And he tells her about the impending attack that the uh, crew at the refinery are having these issues with their the swampies, and um, he informs her of the the politics of the situation, um, and they talk about the uh, methane production that they're doing, and the the large amounts, the large quantities of protein that they blast off twice a day and Imana fills a doctor in about the gunrunner Rome Dot and how he thinks that she's uh, there looking for evidence to use against him and um, so they have these couple situations surrounding them in their search. The doctor and Romana have been looking around to the sacrificial area where she was and he finds a hole that leads down to looks like an underground passage. She says, I hate underground passages. But they sit. Doctor throws a rock down to see how long the drop is. Dugin and Thon are looking at the lake bed and um, Thon says that they need to use fire use their firing mechanism and, and take probes of the sediment. Um, and they're both looking at the scanners some more. Fender comes in and tells them that the doctor is, is made off and he's gone off with one of the boats. And so they um, talk about the fact that well, when the doctor arrived, they, they thought that the, the ship that came down with Thawne was Ram Dot, but who knows how long Ram Dot's been there? Maybe it was the, the Doctor fellow, and if uh, how long has he really been here? Where's he come from? And what would have? And he ha he mentioned having friends. Don thinks that they may be there to sabotage the refinery plant. And the others say, "Well, um, well, he's not a spy or from other." Why would you think he's in sabotage when he suggested this fix to this change to our process that would, you know, speed up our production and was a, a benefit? It was a brilliant suggestion. Why would he be do that if he was sabotaging it? And um, I said, well, you know, what was his reason? He says, because he's working with the Swampies. He's in league with them. He's a Swampy lover. 
Hassant is that he will take Mensch to go off to look for the doctor, um, and he means to look for him with a gun. So he intends to make sure that they stay out. Doctor and Wana find uh, the doctor's gone down the passageway and come back and found a holy book of the swamp people. And it gives the history of how they were made the trip from Delta Magna to the moon, uh, where they are now, and um, the history of Kroll, and that kind of point that Kroll rose up and did not, was unhappy with these people for being insolent and lazy, and he rose up and swallowed the symbol of his power, killing everyone, including the high priest, or killing the high priest of his temple, and then he retreated to the depths. And that ended the third manifestation of Kroll. So the doctor and Romana talk about this enormous size of this huge squid that is Kroll. And the doctor thinks that Kroll may be just due for his fourth manifestation. The Swampy that was playing the part of the, the attacker, the, um, what do you want to call it, the urchin crab, the sea oh, creature. Oh, the one that, attacking Romana? Yes, the sea creature of some kind that was attacking Romana, yes. He tells Renquin that the sacrifice was not made, that the, uh, this man interfered, and so Romana was not sacrificed to Kroll. Renquin says, well, we must not tell the people we should, that, uh, that the Dryfoot woman is not sacrificed. He says, but, the other says, but there must be blood on the stone so that people will believe that Kroll took Romana, took the Dryfoot woman. So this swampy has been sent to make sure that there's blood put on the stone to make it look like she was taken. Thorn in... Men arrive in their hovercraft boats. Uh, it's morning now and light on the swamps. The swampies have positioned themselves in groups in the marshes, and they have brought the, they brought their weapons with them. So the uh, Thon arrives and Mensch gets out of the boat, and as he does, several things happen. The swampies are ready to fire. One of them shoots, and the gun backfires, explodes, kills the swampy. Uh, Mensch runs out of the way, back to his people. Rome Doc comes out of the, the reeds and the rushes and calls out to Thawne. says, no, it's me. Don't shoot. Then, because of after the blast there is a, a swampy near the water and a huge tentacle comes out and wraps around his neck and grabs this uh, swampy and takes him into the water um, on the horizon above the swamp we see a huge squid head um, rise up out of the depths 
for just a moment during the whole uh, firing situation. So Crow rises and then heads back down into the water. Thawne is back at the refinery having, looks like having a drink or something to steady his nerves and is telling um, the others of his horrific experience and how he not sure about Mensch if he got he was killed or not, but he's off with his people and so he's lost to them. And he says how he saw that Ram Dot was there, the um, and he was helping them and they had weapons. Ram Dot must have supplied the guns to them, and they were waiting in the bushes for them to arrive. Fenner wants to call the authorities. Um, of at Delta Magna and Thon says, did I say Thon? Fenner wants to call the authorities and the Dean, I think, uh, goes along. But Thon wants to say, um, to not involve them and to deal with it themselves. Uh, so, let's see, who is it? It's the other guy, one of the other crewmen um, is checking out some of the pipes in an area of the refinery. What was his name? Harg? Harg, yes, Harg. Um, and then uh, Fenner sees, is watching the scanners and he thinks that it's not functioning and calls over Thorne and says, well, where's Dagin? He says, well, it's his break. Well, get him down here right now because the scanners, there's two of them must be malfunctioning. So they get Dagene back to look at things, and he says, well, let's look at a longer-range shot of a scanning. And they see a huge image of the raised lake bed that's in the shape of a mass of tentacles. Thon says, and, and Dagene tries to explain, oh, it must be this or that. And Thon looks at the monitor and points and says, that's what I saw. That's what I saw raising, rising from the swamp. Doctor and Romana are talking more of Kroll and um, walking along in the, the marshes um, away from the sacrificial area where they were. And saying, well, you know, a creature so large and it, if it's gone into hibernation, it's metabolic processes would have continued and the feeding would have continued through its tentacles and the, um, the doctor says how that could lead to the, the methane production that the plant is um, the refineries are banking on um, the um, the samples that Thon's men were collecting would have been um, would have helped to awaken it and see that's when they were killed was when they were collecting samples. Uh, Romana says that the refinery is probably warming the lake bed as well. Again, all of these things leading to awakening Kroll. So Rankwin and the Swampies um, have come upon the doctor and Romana and says, well, you better introduce me as well. As well. He says, oh, I don't know, wise and uh, wonderful leader. And she goes, uh, this is, and they, Rankin says, seize them. 
and they're taken away, um, taken back um, captive, and uh, more of them file past, and they see that Ram Dutt is also uh, being dragged along by two of the swampies, and Ramana mentions that that's who that is. Fenner and Thawne argue about this creature and about attacking it, and Thawne's all gung-ho to go out there and start sending depth charges into it, so if it were, you would have to be precise, we don't know what this creature is, you would have to get one shot off, but you're not going to get another chance, and says, we don't even know if it's hostile, and Thawne says, I've seen it, it's hostile. Ramdutt and Ramana and the doctor are um, been uh, secured and they're all waiting to see as Rankin prays to their their god to find out which of the sacred rituals, seven sacred rituals that they will die by. And the doctor is saying, you know, well, I hate the sound of that. It's like seven. It's like, well, it could be You know, it rattles off a couple different terrible ways of, of dying. And Ramana says, that's only three. And there's supposed to be seven. Ramdot tries to talk with Varlik and tries to bargain with him. And, says, um, and Varlik says, no, no. We, you know, he sees right through him. He says, you're just like all the other dryfoots. You brought us old and damaged weapons. I said you had to clean them first. And he's like, no, they were bent and broken, and you knew that you know they, you were giving us bad equipment, and you're just like all the others. We shall die like. Yeah, you should just die with the others, I think. And so the. Um, doctor says to him well see the weight of history is against you I know a rogue when I see a rogue I have no desire to die with the rogue do you have any desire to die with the rogue and Ramana says I have no I don't want to die at all so they are watching the monitors at the refinery uh, Harg is still in the uh, he's just inspecting the pipes but uh, a tentacle breaks through the pipe and feeds through and, and, starts, and starts to attack hard. Rankin has appeared and his holy one has been told that they will die by the seventh holy ritual. Um, the doctor says, well, it's seven, my lucky number. The doctor and Ramana say that, you know, oh, you've not seen Kroll. Kroll's a myth. He hasn't, you, none of you were even born by the third manifestation. And one of them pipes up and says, Kroll rose for us today. And the doctor says, oh, it's happening sooner than I thought. So Harg has been attacked by this tentacle and he is pulled almost completely through the broken pipe and ran. Flailing legs and all. Yes, flailing legs. Kind of a, a kind of a flattened looking tentacle. It looks kind of like a big lukewarm flatworm. Mm. Yeah, it makes me think of a squid arm. Yeah. I think squids 
Well, have the flattened They're often tentacles. portrayed as having a flattened tentacle, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, it's appropriate then since he's a giant, 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 giant squid. Yeah. I don't know whether that's necessarily true or not, yeah. but that's what I've read. Or always seen, anyway, in cartoons and things. Really, really long lead up to the uh, to the resolution of the the cliffhanger. Mm. Thinking, really, they're starting way back here. They started way back. Yeah. But I think that's at least partly because they were running short, like we always say with yeah with his episodes, his being uh, Holmes. Robert Holmes again. Yeah, they went way back to where the. Swampy with the other flashlight was signaling back to Mitch and the doctor again following through the grasses and through the weeds so the filler leading up to the mm-hmm. ending and then the ending <laughs> it was just very weird this little costume the guy had on it was like a, almost like a uh, well it looked like a big portobello mushroom essentially for his head with the headpiece yeah with the headpiece Yep. Um, and an opening in the gills in the front for it to symbolize the mouth and then the little pincher so the doctor essentially takes the mushroom hat off of him and <laughs> we see this green skin dye inside which he quickly punches in the stomach and knocks the wind out of him and throws him off into the grass Anyway, that was kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Not even kind of. Yeah, not even kind of. Um, I think it's... A couple things made me laugh. Just the doctors, but one was in... They find the underground passage, and she... Well, when she says, I hate underground passages, you know, we've seen that she's been in a couple now. Mm-hmm. So she has some experience enough to say, be able to say that and mean it. <laughs> but um, uh, when he pulls up the holy book of crow and they're looking at it, she says, oh, it's some kind of holy writ. It's what Romana says, you know, it's, it's atrociously writ, is what the doctor said. <laughs> I missed that. It's kind of a subtle little thing, but it, I've always, it, it stood out to me at the beginning when I first started watching it, and I've just always liked it. But he was atrociously rich. <laughs> and he's very proud that he's right. See, sucker marks, sucker marks. That's what, the, that's what Crow is. It's this, it's this huge tentacle being, and just pops up every once in a while, and you definitely get the feeling the doctor already believes he knows what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, a couple times, he, he when they talk more, they they talk it through and they talk more about Crow and how you know his history. He reads from a little booklet, and then um, they consider the fact that you know this the processes of this creature. If he if he was this huge of a being that if it was hibernating, how it's um, how it would still need to feed, and it would feed through its suckers, and how it's relating to is it the crewmen that were killed, and and the methane production that um, should not be able to be supported 
on the lake that they have. Mm -hmm. um, so they're linking that to Kroll, and the doctor says something about, uh, oh, it's happening faster than I thought. Yes. Was that what you were thinking? That was part of it, yeah. Um, yep. When Raglan tells them, or somebody who was present that day say they saw Kroll that day. So. Oh, and Heath mentions why well, I think it's probably that Kroll's ready for his fourth manifestation. Um, and then they also go on to explain how um, doing those samples was probably causing vibration in the lake bed and then raising the temperature of the lake is causing the, him to come out of hibernation. It's like, wow, it's episode two, and they've kind of already figured that out between the two of them. Um, but, uh, so just a couple little things that were funny. Um, as I said, not a whole lot. There, there was, I don't know, did you feel like there was a lot of filler in this one, or there was a little more, there was a little more action, I think, to make up for um, from the last one. You think so? Well, if you don't count the filler that we saw again in the opening, um, I guess we really didn't need to see Hark the two times we see him, I think, before, you know, the tentacle get, gets him. Um, I'm not sure they had to waste the time with having Dagoon pulled from his rest period and all that time just to look at the scanners and to look at, in a different way at the scanners. Yes. That whole thing was kind of silly. Yeah, they, they uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I just, they could have condensed that and not mm -hmm. had the other crewmen come and have to reposition because nobody else know how to do that but him. Well, Dagin has been working that board the entire episode, so true. it may be that that's his responsibility. That could be true, but still, there's only the five of them there. Yeah. It really is five now because Mench is gone. <laughs> Mench has gone back to his people, so. What? But I wasn't counting him. <laughs> Swampy lover. <laughs> Oh, God. That was funny in a ridiculous way. It was sort of like when you're watching an old 70s cop show. Oh. <laughs> or, I don't know, Welcome Back, Cotter. And they use some silly insult that you know is just taking the place of something stronger because they had to for television. Yeah. That sort of thing, but... That's the feeling it gave me, was that laughable name that you know you should really be offended by because of what it really means, mm -hmm. but you can't help but laugh at it because it's just so ridiculous sounding. Yeah. It's just ridiculous to call them Swampies. It's kind well, of yeah. a silly name. You'd think they'd be like a children's cartoon. Swampies. They're the relatives of the Smurfs, I think. Yeah. Instead of... There's a set of Smurfs in the woodlands. We've got the Swampies who are green. Do they say swampy no... every other phrase, though? Huh? Oh. <laughs> you know how everything was Smurfy? Yes. It kind of sounds that way because we hear Swampy so often. 
There's no swampette, though. No. Not right. that we've seen. We've not seen a swampette. There wasn't a smurfette originally, either. No, true. Hmm. Maybe they like earthworms. <laughs> Maybe they like earthworms? For reproduction. Oh, I got you. Maybe they like earthworms. Let's not go there. Um... <laughs> we hear the word swampy a lot. Yes. And we hear the word crawl a lot. It's, there's no chanting, though. Well, there's a leftover chanting. And the repeat. There the wasn't any new chanting. Is. I guess not. Because now they're really afraid of their god. Because he's come up and killed one of them. That would do it. Yeah, that, that would cause you to question your faith in the power of crawl <laughs> or your faith in crawl maybe demonstration of this power mm-hmm. well could strengthen it depends on which side of the tentacle you're on um do you have much else hmm? have anything else no not really Feels like there was something else I was going to mention, but I can't think what it would have been. I don't think I have much else either. The doctor does say that a couple, even though he says to Ramana, don't talk to me about politics, he has a, a couple political comments kind of political nature very disparaging remarks about the the crew and mostly gone gone that um, they're so busy planning it too busy planning the massacre to notice him escaping from the refinery mm. um, and before he'd made, pointed out you know counting in mensch um, and the others didn't mostly gone again Says how they talk about how they, you know, they shipped the swampies from Delta Magna to get them out of the way because they wanted the resources on Delta Magna. Then they discovered that there's something on the moon that they wanted, and now they want to get rid of them again. So they displaced the native people to get what they wanted and exploit them, their lands, and then try to run them off to other lands. Which, of course, you can draw parallels in modern Earth history about. Yeah, and I think that's sort of the point. Yes. What I was thinking is it's like it does not just parallel American history. No. British imperialism as well. Definitely. So uh, we both have that in our histories (laughs) a bit. Um, well, technically, well, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't just when we fir- when settlers first got here, I guess. Mm. It was more widespread than that. Mm-hmm. It's been a while, I think, since we've had a story that you can closely relate to 
the history of the modern era. You think? Mm. We used to have. We, I guess. I think earlier on we had a little more um, parallels to uh, a social, socio political uh, moralizing in the stories. Even though this one is a little better at it than some of the previous ones we've seen, like mm-hmm. um, what was it? The one was uh, I forgot the one. Oh, I forget the one where they landed on the spaceship, and uh, was it Mentonite? Mentonites? No, Mentonites. These kind of weird um, space creatures that floated outside of the spaceship and stole the lock to the TARDIS. That wasn't the protons, was it? No. They had very um, similar mask type faces and long white hair. I know. I can't remember now. Well, continue on, I'll think of it here in a second. But they make comments about them. Oh, they all look alike and other more uh, like racially kind of motivated comments. Um, some of the natives on the ship versus the the, the, the space creatures. Um, but it was those were a little more heavy-handed in their in their parallels than I think this one is. I mean, you can it's quite it's obvious you know where you can draw the parallel to but I don't think it's quite as beat you over the head with the message as some of the earlier ones were Mm. which were from the mid to late 60s anyway was it the sensor rights that you were thinking of? yes the sensor rights that they they communicated with their minds and had the weird noise that they made when they came near the ship yeah I think that was a sensor rights but other than that which um, I was thinking of a couple things that they say when they're describing the the swampy situation reminded me of some of the older episodes where they were a little more uh, not really more direct but just a little more moralistic hmm. so well I guess our cliffhanger if you want to call it that pipe hanger being sucked into the pipe. Oh, that's where he okay. His little feet are hanging outside the pipe. Yeah. A little bit kicking. <laughs> While this squid tentacles it squeezes the life out of him. Poor guy. Yeah. Um, it's a little bit of a difference 
um, and that there's there's kind of two threats going on. We know the Doctor and Amana are um, under threat of the seventh uh, holy ritual for their death, but we don't see what that is yet. We just know they're confined and they've been sentenced to this. And then, but we end on this more direct threat against this like tertiary crewman, hard that has been sucked into the pipe by the big giant squid. Yeah. Which is kind of different. I thought they might end on the seventh holy ritual sentence to the doctor. Um, but that's not as dramatic as the, the guy being sucked into the pipe. Um, so I can understand picking that one over that but still I don't know if it was a great way to a great part to end on um I was okay with it actually just because I don't know that there was anything else happening yeah that made for an appropriate cliffhanger yeah it was gonna take longer to get to the punishment Right. For Ramon and the Doctor. So we really couldn't have ended there. They don't often make an ending out of a um, lesser known local type character being in danger. Right. Only once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. So it's kind of refreshing to have that kind of difference again we know the doctor and Amana are in danger under sentence anyway yeah and um, but we end by showing this other poor fellow being sucked out into the the lake presumably by his tentacle and not just that he's in danger by it but he's already you know like I said, we only see his feet and his lower legs. So he's kind of gone. <laughs> I don't know that they save him. I don't but know I how guess, they would. But I guess there's some question. Well, you know, will they get to save him? What are the, what is the seventh sacred holy death ritual? You know, we'll have to find that out next time. The attack by the Tentacle, though, uh-huh. was obviously one of those filmed in reverse segments, uh, which was uh-huh. too bad. It could have looked really good, but they. Oh, as it comes around him. Oh, the uh, yes, it spins yeah. him around, oh, and you could yeah. tell that he had fallen when he did it forwards. So he mysteriously sort of levitates himself up in, into standing position. Yeah, it was too bad. If it hadn't been for that, it probably would have worked really well. Yeah, they had like alarm going off and steam coming out of the pipe and all little gases coming out of the pipe of some kind. Yeah, other than that, it like you know, it didn't it looked pretty good.
Join us tomorrow when we talk about episode three of The Power of Kroll. So join us then and thank you for listening.